0: Hi there. Welcome back.
1: This is uh, Planet and God, and I'm Emily. I'm Larry. <laughs> and today we are doing John Chapter 17.
0: Yep, you should have read it already, and so right now Emily and I are going to give you our thoughts on uh, how we analyzed the chapter. So if you haven't read it, pause now, go read Chapter 17, take some notes, and then we'll meet you back here as we dive in. Yes, I do. So this section, chapter 17, is commonly known as the High Priestly Prayer. And it occurs just outside of the Garden of Gethsemane. So they've made it on their little journey from the upper room to the Garden of Gethsemane. They're finally there. Uh, And from this chapter, we can learn from example how we can model prayer, which I thought was is really cool. So as you're reading through, look through and analyze how Jesus is praying and then see, okay, how can this be a model for our prayer life? For instance, Jesus addresses the Father, God the Father, six times in this chapter and he makes specific prayer requests and then with those prayer requests he gives a reason for those prayer requests to be answered so those are um, that's a very good pattern to have it's not the only pattern that could be followed for prayer but it is a good pattern to follow
1: so i'm just going to read verses 1 and 2 it says jesus spoke these words lifted up his eyes to heaven and said father the hour has come glorify your son that your son also may glorify you as you have given him authority over all flesh that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. So I thought that it was a good thing to notice here that it says all flesh.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Because it's showing that Jesus desires all to be saved and to know him. Right. All flesh, right? Because I know that there's...
0: Yeah, there's there's other views that are out there (laughs) that... It, they would say that, that it's only the chosen, the select.
1: Right, which it does say to as many as you have given him, but then the all flesh would make no sense. Right. You know what I mean?
0: All are given to him, but all still have to make the choice right, to choose him. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, that's, an, uh, that's an interesting thought. So when I was reading this, actually what pulled my my, my thought of it was in verse 1 how it says he looked upward to heaven. Um, it's interesting to note that this is would be a common prayer practice back in the, that day, whereas today, you know, what do we teach the kids? Fold your hands, close your eyes, bow your head, right? When we pray, but Jesus, he looks upward to heaven. And, and you even see like in Luke chapter 18, verse 13, with the parable of the tax collector, he, the tax collector, when he's praying, doesn't feel worthy, so he bows his head and beats his chest. So it just is, it's interesting just to note the posture that Jesus uses. He's looking up to heaven and praying. Um, it's not that our, you know, fold your hands, close your eyes, bow your head. It's not like that is wrong. It's just we shouldn't elevate our customs over the prayer itself. I guess yeah. it's just what the note that because there's a lot of prayer customs out there that get elevated.
1: Yeah, no, well, that makes sense. You
0: know, I gotta light the incense, put these candles on, do this, do that, right? And that Not that there's the anything
1: posture. wrong with that. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, but that elevates and puts the prayer above the posture of prayer above the prayer itself.
1: Yeah. It's a heart thing.
0: Right. It always goes back to a heart thing. Yeah.
1: But I get what you're saying.
0: Yeah. And then in verses 1 through 8, we see Jesus praying for himself. He, he opens up this high priestly prayer, praying for himself. Uh, he requests for his glorification, and his reason is because it will glorify the Father. And then his second request is re- related to the first, and that is to restore Jesus to the Father's side. His time has come right on earth he was born as a human baby right god made flesh and now he's just praying that the lord would restore him back to that position where he was before and his reason is because he has already he has accomplished the father's work right everything is is getting is done we're buttoning it up
1: I'm going to rewind again
0: Oh no Well
1: because I thought it was also um, important to see that verse Three specifically.
0: Jeez.
1: I got all out of the first couple of verses. There you here. go. <laughs> Verse three, I feel like it, the gospel is given right there. Mm-hmm. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Um, and so these are these are like gospel points here. Yeah. Right? To know the only true God. And Jesus Christ, who was sent by God, right? It is, um, it explains how to receive that eternal life. Yeah. That is noted um, at the very beginning of that. I don't know. I just, I saw the gospel in that verse. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't mean to, I should have said it right after before I rewound
0: you. But it's That's okay. We can press on.
1: I also with so going on to your stuff though with verse five, which says, And now O Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory which I had with you before the world was. And so I know when we first started John, it opened with in the beginning. Right. And so I feel like that's almost tying it right back into that, right? Before the world was. Yeah. So it's before the beginning.
0: Yeah, he's tying it back to to that and I want to be restored, right? we I'm going to be restored back to that,
1: right. I'm just position. noting that like yeah. Jesus was there before the world began oh, yeah. with God. Yep. you know, it goes back to that in the beginning. And then we see verses nine it goes into Jesus praying for the apostles specifically.
0: Right, I wanted to read verse 9 just to point that out. He says, I am praying on behalf of them. I am not praying on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those you have given me because they belong to you. And what I noticed when I was reading through this is that this section can be uh, subdivided into three sections. Jesus prays for preservation of the apostles, protection of the apostles, and for their sanctification. So we kind of see that break down as we get into this section here.
1: I love too that you know he's nearing his death on the cross, and yet he's taking the time to care and pray for
0: that's apostles. that's why he's praying for them, though, is because he's nearing the end. Right. And he knows what they because he is God, he knows what they are going to go through. And so he's going to he wants to pray for them, and he's praying out loud so they can hear it. Verses 9 through 14, that is where Jesus prays for the disciples to for the Father to keep the disciples safe. So he's praying for their preservation. Uh, We see that in verse 11. Holy Father, keep them safe in your name that you have given me. And then through that, Jesus gives five reasons that the Father should keep them safe. I thought this was cool. Uh, First, that they belong to the Father, just as they belong to Jesus. Jesus is leaving and will not be there to protect them. Uh, they would be united as one with Jesus and the Father as they are united because the Jesus kept them in the Father except for Judas who had to be let go so that scripture may be fulfilled and because Jesus had given them his word that he would keep them. I thought that was really cool to see those promises and those reasons why.
1: Well, it's cool, too, that knowing that he's praying, right, that we can pray with that same kind of concept like you were saying. Yeah.
0: Verses 15 and 16, Jesus then moves to praying for their protection. He prays for the protection of the apostles, specifically that that they would be kept from the evil one. The reason is that because the apostles are in the world, but not of the world. And this is actually, I want you to keep this in mind as we get further in. It'll be important, I think, tomorrow in 18, that phrase, in the world, not of the world. But it's a dangerous place, essentially, to be in the world because Satan is the prince of this world. He's the ruler of this world. Telling the disciples and in this prayer that you are no longer of this world means that they're no longer part of the world's system. So they need to be preserved because the world will hate them because Satan also hates them
1: yeah it doesn't mean we don't like they still live in the world right you're in the world you're
0: not of the world yeah and that i mean this is one that can be applied for us as believers in jesus christ we're in the world we're not of the world so that's to expect persecution to expect to be looked at differently to expect you know not not to conform to the things of this world, where this world would say, you know, you need to accept a person's sin to accept the person. I would tell you, no, I can accept the person and reject the sin because I'm not of this world.
1: Then we go into verse 20.
0: Well, 17 and 19, Jesus wraps up his prayer for the apostles in 17 17 through 19 by praying for their sanctification. The big word there, for those of you that don't know it, it means to be set apart. And so Jesus prays that they would be set apart in truth, and so that they can accomplish the mission or works that God has prepared them for. Then we get into 20 through 26. That's how I broke it down. I was just kind of going by the verses. I know. Uh, well, so I I, I I, guess for me, when I looked at this chapter, I, I broke it down into the sections of who Jesus prays for. He prays for himself. He prays for the apostles. And then now, as we're getting into uh, 20 through 26, which wraps up the chapter, essentially, Jesus moves into praying for all believers. This is the prayer for us, essentially. We see that verse 20, he starts that off. I'm going to read it. I am not praying only on their behalf, but also on behalf of those who believe in me through their testimony. Now he's praying for the people who are going to believe based on the testimony of the apostles, which I thought was really cool. And also something I broke down into two sections.
1: So yeah, for verse 20... Uh, that reminded me of Romans eight thirty four. Ah. Um, which I will read. We have read a lot of scripture in this. Yeah, we have. <laughs> so uh, Romans eight verse thirty four. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Yeah. And so I felt like that is what he is doing here. That's what he's doing here for the apostles yep and we see that here that he's doing it for um, believe believers that will come to know him through the apostles right. so what were your two subsections? <laughs> so
0: two subsections for how Jesus prays for all believers uh, twenty through twenty three he prays for unity among the believers we see that and we see how that's possible that that is made possible through the coming of the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus has said many times now, is going to come. He's going away so he can send him. Uh, if we obey the Holy Spirit within us, we will show love for one another as Christ showed love for us.
1: I also noticed uh, that too. That you like being unified, it, yeah. and that it matters. Our relationships matter to Jesus and to God. Yes. And then also that. Um, He gives us the reason, right? The reason we're to be this way is so that the world may believe that God sent Jesus. So there's a purpose behind why we are to be
0: unified. Right. There is. And that's something a lot of people get hung up on very, very fast, where it's, it's knowing what's a primary issue versus a secondary and tertiary issue. So you watching this might believe differently than us on certain things, but as long as you believe the core doctrines, right, that Jesus Christ lived the perfect sinless life, that he died on the cross for our sins, that he was buried for three days, rose again on the third day, and that by putting that, your faith in him, you can have forgiveness and eternal life. That's a primary thing what else you believe on other things could be secondary third issues as yeah, long and as we have about
1: them does nothing no
0: no it's uh now debating certain aspects is that's different okay. than fighting as
1: long as your hearts don't get so right. hardened by the debate I exactly. think that's really the
0: exactly because some people can elevate a debate to a fight and it's uh, it's and it can be but the key point is that even in our disagreements on the secondary and third items, we need to show unity towards one another, love towards one one another, and that I, I think it's really lost, especially along the denominational lines. Yeah, I think. Especially so too. if you're a hardliner on one of those dem- denominations.
1: hmm
0: So we see here Jesus praying for that unity, and then it's. It's important that he did. I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of lot more that wouldn't have been.
1: Well, I just think it's something that we should we should also yeah. be praying for all the time. Also,
0: exactly. So. And then verses uh, 24 through 26, Jesus prays for the glorification of all believers, and this will come when we are with him in heaven. That is when we receive our glorified bodies. That is when the fulfillment of this prayer occurs.
1: Uh, So I'll read verse 26. It says, And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. And so I just noted that it's all about love.
0: It is. This, This contains the most important thing about God, and that God is love. Yeah. And it's very interesting because I think this resonated with John and stuck with him a bit because you see in his letters specifically 1st John 4:16, where he writes and we have come to know and believe the love that God has in us God is love and the one who resides in love resides in God and God resides in him that's a great way to kind of close out this chapter with uh, Just asking yourself, do you reside in the love of God? So that's what we have for you today. That would be John chapter 17. Go ahead and get ready to read chapter 18 tomorrow, and be sure to join us as we reveal our thoughts for chapter 18 in the Gospel of John.
1: All right. See ya.
0: Bye.